0: who he wants us to be. Have your kids ever persistently asked you to do something so much that you finally caved in and gave them what they asked for? Well, in Deuteronomy chapter three, Moses tries this technique with God and it didn't go so well. God basically says, asked and answered. On the surface, it can seem a bit harsh the way God deals with Moses here, especially after he's endured so much. But on today's podcast, we'll learn that there was more at stake here than meets the eye. It's not just about Moses' request, but about God's character. And today we'll learn why. We're looking in Deuteronomy chapter number three, and I want to call your attention to verses 21 through 26. I commanded Joshua at that time, your own eyes have seen everything the Lord your God has done to these two kings. The Lord will do the same to all the kingdoms that you are about to enter. So don't be afraid of them, for the Lord your God fights for you. At that time, I begged the Lord, Lord God, you have begun to show your greatness and your strong hand to your servant for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can perform deeds and mighty acts like yours. Please let me cross over and see the beautiful land on the other side of the Jordan, that good country uh, and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me because of you and would not listen to me. The Lord said to me, that's enough, Do not speak to me again about this matter. Deuteronomy 3 presents a stark reminder of the holiness of God, and it can be a complex picture to understand. The chapter begins easy enough. Chapter 2 ended with a victory over Sion, and chapter 3 continues this theme of victory as the Israelites completely annihilate the forces of Bashan and Og as well. We learned that the land of these people has been given to Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh. So two and a half of the tribes are given possession on the east side of the Jordan. Their warriors are charged by Moses to go with the people to possess the rest of the land, and then they can return to their possession. Now this will be important later, as it is the first command that Joshua makes as leader. The transfer of power happens at this point as Joshua is now the leader of God's people. As the chapter ends, we learn of Moses asking God one more time to enter the land of promise. Now, we might expect God to grant his request to enter this land as a fitting reward for all that Moses had endured with his people. I mean, to be sure, this was a hard group to lead. With all their complaining, doubting, accusing, criticizing, the least God could do for Moses was to let him enter that land that he had led these people out of Egypt to find. This 11-day trip had lasted over 40 years and killed off all but two of these people. And Moses had been there for every last day of it. The least God could do was to let him actually enter the land. This is the reasoning with which Moses entreated the Lord but God was having none of it. In fact, the text says, that's enough, do not speak to me again about this matter. The Lord was angry with Moses for even asking, angry for the people. Now this seems a bit harsh to me. I mean, I can remember pestering my dad for things when I was little, and he would tell me no, and I'd ask again, and he would tell me no again, and I'd keep on until I really frustrated him. And then there was this point where his tone made it clear to me, you better not ask for that again. This is the tone I can hear God using with Moses. This has been asked and answered, don't ask me again. Now it leaves a bad taste in our mouth to hear God speak with such anger to his servant. I didn't really understand it. So I had to go back and do some digging. And man, am I glad that I did. The reason that God told Moses these words happens back in Numbers chapter 20 at a place called Meribah the people began to complain again. I know, big surprise, right? They complained that they had no water and that Moses had led them into the desert to die of starvation. They even blamed Moses for not entering the promised land. Now that's a constructed narrative if I've ever seen one. God commands Moses to speak to the rock and the water will flow. But instead, Moses speaks to the people saying, shall I bring water out of this rock for you? It's Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. He strikes the rock and God does bring water from it for the people, but God does not ignore Moses' disobedience. It was no small thing. In his commentary on numbers, Ian de writes, in his frustration with the people, Moses was drawn into the same mindset that they had, forgetting the Lord's presence and power and acting as if everything were up to him. Now listen to these words. Moses presented him as if he were a pagan magician with the ability to manipulate the gods to do his bidding. This was what the people of Egypt did. They acted like their gods could be manipulated by their own sleight of hand. This is why God is so angry about this situation. Notice what he says to Moses after the debacle. He says in chapter 20, verse 12 of Numbers, because you did not trust me, to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites. You will not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. You see, what Moses had done was to treat God as if he could be manipulated by Moses, like the gods of Egypt. He wasn't seen as holy, set apart from the other gods. He was seen just like they were. God wanted them to know that Moses wasn't their leader. He was. He was the one who led them from Egypt. He was the one that led them through the wilderness. He was the one that led them into battle. He was the one that gave them victory. And he was the one that eventually would lead them into the promised land. Moses wasn't their leader. The Holy One of Israel was. Israel's God was their leader, not Moses. And Moses forgot that. And it cost him dearly. He acted as if he was the one that was supposed to do all this. Curiously, the following verse in Numbers 20 reads, these are the waters of Meribah, listen, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and he demonstrated his holiness to them. The question is, how? Because it certainly didn't come from Moses' trust in him. God had stated that Moses didn't demonstrate his holiness. So how was God's holiness demonstrated? How was it explained? It was through the judgment that God had imposed on Moses for his disobedience. God wanted these people to remember that he alone was the leader and that he would be the one to bring them into this land. This is why Moses was not allowed to enter. Imagine if God had allowed Moses Moses to enter the land. The people might've forgotten that God was the one who led them there. They would have depended on Moses instead of God. Moses might've thought that he was the one that was in charge. These people were very forgetful, remember? How many times had they forgotten God's faithfulness over the last 40 years? It was a telling reminder that Moses was not allowed to enter the land, a strong proof to the people that God was their leader and that this was how God would demonstrate his holiness to these people. He would show them that he was unlike any other God. He would prove to them that he was in a category by himself. How would Jehovah show that there was no one like the God of Israel? God would carry a people into the land with a young and inexperienced leader like Joshua and defeat the mighty armies in front of them. Only God could do that. And he wanted them and Moses and all the other nations to know that he was their God and that there was nobody like him. And so keeping Moses from the promised land was a way that he had to show them that. So how do we apply all of this? Well, we have to see that our choices have consequences, not just for us, but also for the generations behind us. When we trust God, we declare his holiness. You see, our belief and faith in him say something about us, and it says something about him. The opposite is also true. When we don't trust God, when we waver in our faith, it has consequences, sometimes far beyond the grave. The next generation is instructed by our faith, or in our doubts about God. The second truth here is to see how intent God is on demonstrating his holiness to his people. God will be seen as glorious, unlike any other, which means that he may take you to the brink of disaster to demonstrate to you and to the world that he has the power to deliver you. Remember all the times that God saved these people? Think about the Red Sea. Remember how God led them right up to the edge of the sea and had the Egyptians bearing down on them just to prove to them that he can make a way out of no way. This is the God we serve and he will use whatever means are necessary, even unconventional ones, to prove to us and to everyone around us that there is no one like him. A third truth to observe here is God's grace in allowing Moses to at least see this land we learned that Moses died with his eyesight intact. He could see clearly what was to come. I like to think that God preserved his eyes for this view. Even in judgment, God was showing grace to his servant. Moses was destined for a more excellent promised land than that that was across the Jordan. It was the greater land for which he was destined, but that didn't preclude God from showing him this one. So God, Help us to understand that you are holy. You will be seen as glorious, unlike any other in a class by yourself. May our obedience to you and our trust in you prove and declare that. Help us to recognize it and not force you to display your glory over our disobedience as you had to do with Moses. Help us to see your grace, your provision, your supply, and may we declare it openly to the world in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to SouthSeminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.